Hello and welcome to the Core Perform Corner, where registered dietitians and personal trainers teach you how to optimize your gut health, hormones, and fitness. Our team has utilized the trademark and evidence-based Core Perform protocol to transform over 500 lives mentally and physically. Here at Core Perform, we have three core values that are family, communication, and care. So if you are ready, subscribe to join our family, communicate with us through our Facebook group to ask questions, and we'll take care of the rest. Please remember this episode should not be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. And now, let's get on to this week's question. Hello and welcome back to the Core Perform Corner. It's Courtney and I here, your registered dietitians at Core Perform, and we're going to dive into some questions. Court, how's your week been? I went to the dentist this morning. I know some people love the for dentist a for a cleaning. I love, I'm going to be honest. I love that feeling. Cause I just love like getting rid of all that. Like all your biofilms. Yeah. My biofilms. <laughs> I, so here's why I don't like it. Um, apparently I learned this actually this morning. I most likely am more like genetically susceptible to tartar buildup. So like I could, she's like, I'm doing all the right things. I'm using the right toothbrushes, the right like hygiene, like I'm flossing, like all the right things, but it just builds up so fast. Like I went four weeks ago and I are like, or four weeks ago, four months ago for like a deep cleaning. And I came back today and she was like, wow, there's a lot already still for four weeks for four months. And I was like, oh, and she's like, yeah, it might just be like the, um, chemical back, like makeup of your saliva. And you might just be like genetically predispositioned to it. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. So she was like, She's like, yeah, you should just come in every four, four months for cleaning instead of six. And I was like, great. So great. My insurance doesn't cover that. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then she also told me it looks like I grind my teeth at night and like clench my jaw. And I was like, I'm not even surprised. So I'm going to get a mouth guard and it's going to be so cute. (laughs) It's Oh, it's going to be $600. So be careful. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Just be careful about that one. Um, I did the same thing because I, I, that's what caused my root canal this earlier this year. Um, but also while we're learning new topics on TikTok, I recently saw, which I don't know if this is real or not, but they said, don't have oral before you go to the dentist because they can tell. I've heard that before. Yeah. I'm very curious as to why, like what shows up in your mouth. Like that's, I'm going to, I'm going to ask my friend, one of my friends is a dentist, like one of my close friends. So I'm going to be like, Hey, (laughs) tell me what changes in our, in our mouth microbiome. Right. Um, who knows? It is a microbiome though. Literally your mouth has its own Mm -hmm. microbiome, your skin does, and your gut does. So, um, yeah, that's cool. I've been working on next week. We have our SHARS like free webinar. If you guys want to join, we're doing a webinar with, for gut health for athletes. So we'll be going over like our top five tips for athletes, um, for their gut health, how to optimize your nutrition, how to optimize your exercise for your gut health. It's absolutely free. So if you're interested, just check out the link in the description and register. Um, So let's dive in. The first question is from Jordan. She's wondering why sweet potatoes, dark chocolate, and even ground turkey make her stool thicker the next morning. Any ideas? Trying to think of what all of those things would have in common as far as like their like chemical composition or anything like that, because 
that's a carb, a protein, and another carb, like a simple carb, a complex carb, and a protein. And I'm like, those three things have nothing in common. She thinks that they're oxalates. So she thinks that it's oxalates, which valid Mm -hmm. oxalates. If you have high oxalates, they can cause like grainy stools. Um, But I also wonder like, what are you consuming with those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like sweet potatoes, are you consuming them with something else? Is it the fiber in the sweet potatoes, the dark chocolate, are you consuming it with like dairy at the same time or something else? Because remember that oxalates, they also bind to calcium. So are we getting in enough calcium into our diet? And remember that a lot of people who um, have a history of like GI issues may have low calcium levels and low calcium Mm -hmm. absorption in their gut. So it may be that you're not getting enough calcium in to bind with the oxalates or the opposite. Maybe there's too much calcium binding with oxalates and being excreted. It's really, really hard for us to like really navigate that without knowing deeper, like the journal. Mm -hmm. And even then it's like, why are we hyper-focusing on it? Like your stool is thicker in the next morning. Like really no average person is going to notice that really. Mm-hmm. It, again, I guess like it, it brings the question, like, is it physically painful to pass it? Or are you just noticing that like, oh, it's just thicker. Like it, that's yeah. it. Because people will do the same thing with like passing gas, for example. Like I get clients all the time that are like, oh my gosh, like I'm farting today. And I'm like, yeah, that happens. Cool. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's it's a normal pathophysiological thing. I was like, is it constant every single day? Is it painful? Is it super like sulfury smelling? If it's, if you're just farting, like, guess what? That that's a normal thing. Don't hyper fixate on the fact that you have a little bit of bloat or are like farting, you know? And I get it too. Cause like, there's definitely a difference between like normal and like not normal and you'll know too, as a human being, you'll be like, okay, wait, that's like a lot. I'm passing gas a lot today. That's what's like something that you should notice. Um, there's actually a joke I heard recently. And it was like this doc, this woman came into the doctor's office and she was like, I'm passing gas, but it's like, you can't smell it. And I'm constantly, and it's silent. And the doctor was like, okay, well, first we're going to clear out your sinuses from the sinus infection because it smells awful. And then (laughs) second of all, we're going to clear out your, you're going to get you hearing aids because I can definitely hear you passing (laughs) gas constantly. Um, I love that. All right, let's let's dive into the other two, yeah, supplements. So someone asked me to review this Axis Trebiotic. So basically it is this probiotic that, has three-in-one gut technology to support your gut. And so I look at the ingredients and the ingredients, it contains milk, has galacto-oligosaccharides, dried yeast from saccharum, I'm assuming it's like a, it's a saccharomyces cerevisiae. So it's kind of thing. Um, A probiotic with lactobacillus plantarum, um, brevis, and then a saffron stigma extract, whatever that is. Um, And they wanted my intake one. My whole thing with these, these, so this three in one technology is going to be booming moving forward mm-hmm. where they combine a spore based probiotic, a lactobacillus based probiotic, and then probably some other um, spore based or whatever that they want to include into it. The problem here is that as these companies don't know enough about the research yet. So this 
may not be effective because when you combine spore-based probiotics, the way that they're absorbed by the body is very different. And the conditions that are necessary in order for it to be digested properly are very different than the lactobacillus strains. So when I did this interview and you guys can check out the recent, I think it was a few podcasts ago um, in last month that I did with the owner and the doctor behind Megaspore Biotic. And he was like, yeah, a lot of these brands are coming out and they're just combining all these probiotics into one. But the problem is when you combine them, it's not efficacious. Like mm-hmm. your body doesn't absorb and digest and like the acidic and the basic conditions that it goes under, like they don't work effectively together. So you have to be super, super controlled in order to keep them a stable product when they're combined into one pill. And he said, we've ran into like so many numerous issues with that, which is why we mainly for the most part avoid in our products, like combining them all. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And so that's my only feedback in terms of this specific supplement. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other supplement that was asked about was called Ion Gut. Never heard of it. I have not either. Um, And then I looked into it and it was like, literally they were selling you like water I think it was like it was like very oh here it is the ingredients are oh the ingredients are humic extract and purified water and I was like they're literally selling you dirt water like actually that's that's actually yeah that's dirt water when I worked at the long-term care facility a couple years ago I had this one patient who all she would do all day would just like sit and like watch those like like Dr. Oz and like whatever. And like every single week she was getting supplements shipped to her room. And then she'd like wheel up in her wheelchair to my front desk every time and like ask me her opinion, my opinion about all of these. And one of them that she was like obsessed with was like the humic acid powder. And she was like, yeah, it's, it was called like something gold or whatever and she was like yeah it's supposed to just cleanse my body and detox all of the chemicals out of my and I was like I mean I could like because yeah maybe it's like it is a binder but like they just blew it out of proportion and are making it seem you know and I was like I just like didn't even say anything at that point I was like yeah do you So, so this is so what is this like humic acid right and this clay ultimately that they're selling it's actually like clay like dirt like um activated charcoal too when people are like what is it I'm like no literally it is like that black stuff that gets on your burnt toast like that is what they're selling you it's like it's like charcoal Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so these are all can be beneficial in short-term durations when you are experiencing some sort of GI upset short-term, like food poisoning, or you have a short burst of something that you just need to bind out that bad stuff and get it out really quickly. The problem with using this long-term is that it binds not only to those gut bacteria, but also to the nutrients. And so you're not absorbing food properly. You're not absorbing nutrients properly. And that can lead to a lot of nutrient deficiencies. So I would not recommend that supplement unless you have a specific reason to use a binder. And even then, Courtney and I, like we have much better binders. Like GI Detox is a nice binder because it really includes like a few like clays as well as activated charcoals. But you can use something like activated charcoal for the majority of things. I think Mm -hmm. clay is a little bit better for like mold, but activated charcoal is, is cheap. It's effective for bacteria. And again, don't use a supplement unless you need it. Yeah, for real. I have a good question. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some, this is in regards to macro tracking, um, who's somebody who's trying to actually learn to eat more, make sure they're eating enough. Cause their issue was just like under eating and not being able to tell when they're hungry and when they're not. So this person was asking, um, how do like, am I supposed to subtract the exercise calories on my fitness pal? So if you have my fitness pal, you'll see that like, if you put in your exercise, it'll like be negative and subtract. And then you'll have like total calories left over. She was asking, do I include those when I'm eating? So then I can like eat more afterwards. What are your thoughts on that? Um, You never want to subtract the negative calories from exercise because it's not a constant. What is a constant Mm -hmm. is the food that you're eating and the exercise will change depending on the day, depending on your exertion. We really have a little, very little control over it. And a lot of those counters are inaccurate. So the best thing that I would do is keep your exercise consistent and keep your nutrition consistent. And the two will average out to be a lot better and more in control than it would be if you were to try to negate them every single day. Mm-hmm. And, and that's ultimately what I told her. So I ended up um, doing a caloric estimation for her. And I explained to her that I already factored that part in when I was doing her initial assessment and taking a look at like her average physical activity. I included that activity factor when I was multiplying in. So I was like, nope, I've already accounted for like your average energy expenditure from exercise. You don't have to worry about it. But it was a good question, I thought, because I've had a lot of people ask me about that. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, here's another, does heating collagen or protein powder affect the way that it's absorbed by the body? Um, yes and no. So yes, in the sense that heating proteins, if you remember basic biology, denaturing proteins, which just means that you ultimately are breaking it down and changing the formation of the protein molecule can be done one by temperature. Um, so temperature can denature and change the shape of a protein molecule. Okay. Now this is not necessarily a bad thing because guess what happens in our bodies when we undergo digestion, denaturing, right? Because we need to denature. We need to change the protein in order to break it down into the amino acids that then can be utilized by our body. So our bodies will be doing that anyways, which is also why, the creation of heating um, food, <laughs> like way back when with the um, cavemen, has been um, touted as a beneficial addition to our ability to survive longer amounts of time is because now we no longer need are eating raw meat, but we're eating cooked meat and we're eating cooked vegetables. And those have a lot more um, nutrient density because we're able to absorb the nutrients better from them. So I know that this person specifically, I mean, like we're not eating, think about This is the same thing. Heating protein powder is the same thing as heating an egg. They're heating up a chicken, right? We don't eat the chicken raw. We eat it cooked and that denatures the protein. Ultimately, that's what it's doing. But I hear what you're saying about denaturing like collagen and protein powder when it's like the synthetic form um, Mm -hmm. and you're worried that it's going to change the way and be less efficacious when it's absorbed by the body. The answer is it's, it does change the way it's, it's absorbed by the body, but it's not good or bad. I don't Mm -hmm. think that we have enough knowledge to say that if it's good or bad, I think it's just like, yeah, it changes the formation of the protein. Obviously that's what happens when you cook anything 
literally anything that you heat up will change the formation of it. Think about fiber, think about carbohydrates, like that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not necessarily a bad thing because it's not like they're quote unquote damaged. It's just that the formation of it has changed. And so it might actually be a better thing. Like it might be absorbed better. Um, Who really knows? I haven't looked into the literature for that. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And I, one thing too, that I was like thinking about as well when I was, um, cause like I, for a while was adding like collagen powder, like collagen peptides to my coffee, just to add like that extra boost of protein. Cause for a while I got really burnt out on eggs. I'm back on it again, which is great. But I was just like, Oh, I'm not feeling it. But then I was adding the peptides and I was like, oh, like I had the same question. I was like, does this change anything? And I was talking to a friend of mine. um, And I guess too, it has to matter so much in the sense that is it an actual peptide? If it's the peptide, then it's already been broken down to its most simple form. So like the heat could arguably have some changes as far as like absorption, but um, same thing, just like you said, you're not going to, it's not going to change like you're still getting seven grams of protein per that scoop. So you're still getting it, but it might change maybe the bioavailability, but like to what extent we don't know, like you're still going to reap some benefit. And this is exactly the same as to why we say like cook down all your vegetables really well. It's because it makes it more digestible by the system, right? When we cook down our vegetables really well, it breaks down the fibers. And when we cool them, it creates more fibers, right? So by breaking down the fibers through the heat or breaking down the protein through the heat, it may be better digested, like possibly, right? When Mm -hmm. it comes to protein. Now, when it comes to protein powder, it may be a little bit different, but it's at the end of the day, you're still eating protein. I don't care what form it is. Like you're eating protein. It doesn't make it like glucose or it doesn't magically make it into fat. It's like, you're still eating protein. There's no difference in it, you know? All right. Why might decaf coffee still be causing me stomach issues? I love, I feel like we, yeah, we, we get this question asked a lot because for a lot of our clients, um, when we do work them through our protocol, one of the recommendations for a lot of them is to remove coffee. And they're like, oh, well, what about decaf, decaf coffee? And then we have to have this conversation that the coffee bean itself and the way that coffee is made and produced, coffee can still be a gastric irritant for a lot of people. It can still have high risk for um, contamination of mold, depending on where it's coming from. It's very acidic in nature. So if you have issues with reflux or gastritis or a sensitive stomach, that could be a trigger, even if it's decaf. That caffeine is a vasodilator, yes, but it doesn't mean that the coffee bean itself might not cause issues for you simply just because of the, the chemical composition of what coffee is. That's the kind of, that's kind of how I describe it to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also like GERD acid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do we have any other questions that we want to tackle? Um, I mean, we kind of touched on it unintentionally already, but I had a question this morning from a client who, um, introduced onion and garlic and she's like, awesome. Can I do like raw vegetables? And I was like, are you still having a lot of bloating every day? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, then no. (laughs) Yeah. Like she's like, but I, but vegetables are so good for you. And I'm like, yes, that doesn't change. But exactly like you said, we, our goal here is to optimize nutrient absorption and nutrient bioavailability. So you're still getting the nutrients of the vegetables, but we're trying to make it easier for you to digest. So for a lot of people, it might be juicing or purees for other people. It might be cooked down and stir fried. And then for some people, when they're 
gut can tolerate it, sure, they can handle raw vegetables. But she even said, she was like, yeah, I'm still seeing like lettuce in my stool. And I'm like, yeah, because you're not digesting it. Like your stomach isn't strong enough yet. Yeah. And the other thing too, that I wanted to note that brings up a good question. One of my clients was like, um, like, I just want to be eating whatever is going to heal my SIBO the fastest. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what's the best SIBO diet? And I was like, the best SIBO diet is the elemental diet. And you do not want to be put on the elemental diet ultimately. Um, And there are other ways you can go about it. You can always do a semi-elemental, but you could always just do low FODMAP. And at the end of the day, what I told her is like, look, we just want to minimize the amount of gastric distress that you have. So your ability to tolerate certain FODMAPs is going to change. So let's just diversify your intake as much as we can, lower the amount of digestive distress you have by utilizing these techniques that we just talked about, cooking down all your meals, pureeing maybe some of your foods, focusing a little bit more on liquid calories, which is where like these bone broths come in and these soups and stews come in and like, all of these like healing and nourishing foods that are really, really easy to digest. And I was like, let's focus on that. Like that's your best SIBO diet. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say is like those easy to digest foods, not necessarily like freaking out about the ingredient, but freaking out more about like, can I actually digest and absorb this? Like, does my body agree with this? And yeah, this just goes back to reiterate like why it's so important to work with somebody one-on-one because all over the internet, like if you typed in Google, for example, if you typed in that question to Google, you'd be getting so many handouts of like, eat this, not that, whatever. And like, in our experience, like we know that people react differently to different things. Like I have a client right now who sourdough, no issues. She feels amazing. She has the tiniest bit of onion blows up like a balloon. So it's like, I have a client too. We just, we just reintroduced, um, gluten for a couple of my clients so they've been tolerating it well for the first cool. time ever. yeah that's Yay. so exciting for yeah for reintroducing all the gluten all the dairy like you do not have to avoid that forever mm-hmm. it's very possible to reheal your gut and get over your food intolerances yeah all righty well we that's pretty good yeah, we covered a bunch today and we had some scandy topics, which is always juicy. The tea. Um, the tea. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you later this week. Um, thanks for everyone for joining and be sure to ask more questions for next week so we can give you some more juicy tea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bye guys. Bye.